Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. So naturally, our crew will be down in Boca Raton, and it does not look like I will be part of the bowl broadcast, even though there might be a way to pull it off because women's basketball will be in West Palm, which is not that far from Boca. The women's basketball update will give you in just a little bit, along with a volleyball preview, but let's go back a few days to Sunday when uh, hopefully you saw my article that I retweeted, and I realize that not all of you can subscribe to every website out there, but I subscribe to The Athletic. I think it's just phenomenal. And this affected the Bulls in so far as waiting for their opponent, even though Brett McMurphy, who is on the inside, had put it out that the Bulls were going to be playing Syracuse. And by the way, Michael Kelly had a very interesting, circuitous Bulls side of it. If you want to listen to Bulls Speed Ahead, it's the beginning of a second segment where it went from expecting to play Syracuse, but in the military bowl, that all flipped when Tulane lost and everything really flipped on its head. But the reason the Bulls, when they were getting their invite to the bowl, could not officially talk about Syracuse was because the ACC was just put into all sorts of a tizzy on Sunday with the unexpected news that Florida State was not in the playoff and with the news that Louisville was not in the New Year's Six. So you had Bulls that had no idea that they would be having a chance to pull from, say, for example, Notre Dame as a possible team. And that's why it took a while for the ACC Bulls to filter out a conference call, according to this great article on The Athletic, that usually is just a cursory couple of minutes. Okay, here's where everybody's going, turned into a hour and a half thing. And in the end, Notre Dame and two other teams were drawn into a hat for three bowls. And the El Paso Bowl which had its party going on, and none of the helmets at the party were Notre Dame helmets because they did not even think it possible. And as I learned after taping the show with Michael Kelly, I guess there's a very heavy Catholic population in El Paso. So that's why that game, and again, the Sun Bowl officials had no idea if they were going to have a good matchup, is already sold out, Notre Dame and Oregon State. It's also why the Bulls had to wait on Syracuse. Actually, they thought... They were going to go down to Boca for sure with no military bowl. They were definitely headed to Boca, but they were going to play a Sunbelt team. If you didn't know, 10 of the 12 Sunbelt Conference teams are bowl eligible because six of them are six and six. But they got Syracuse instead because there were simply games that weren't going to be ACC games that became ACC games. And while we're at it, the Bulls apparently were never going to be staying home at the Gasparilla. And as part of this ACC wackiness, UCF and Duke were getting ready to announce at the Gasparilla Bowl until somebody realized, oh wait, UCF and Duke played last year in a bowl game and we don't have rematches, so kind of a lot happening, but very calmly accepting the invite on late Sunday afternoon, and it sounds like Coach Gullish has been dealing with the same nasal congestion that I dealt with recently, if you were listening to the women's basketball broadcast last Thursday, or for that matter, this show, you know I wasn't feeling the best, but definitely happy to be going to Boca Raton and to still have their season going as Coach Golish. We're excited, certainly, to to play three hours down the road and beyond excited for our fans to to be able to make it down there. I think it'll be a really cool experience. Gosh, man, year one, we're, we're excited to keep practicing. More than anything else, we get to play one more with this crew and, and excited to keep practicing, excited to play another one. We're two bowl practices in, and, and it's just a cool feeling to be out there. We had some Christmas music on the other day. The guys are geeked and ready, and it's been um, it's been just a, a renewed sense of energy. So we're excited. Um, I know the team's excited. 
we're we're fired up. The women's women's basketball team, Jose and his crew, are going to be down there playing Baylor earlier in the day. Um, so it, it's it's a really really um, really cool cool time before Christmas. Um, I'm gonna push our fans to get down there. I know we've got a ton of fans down in South Florida already. Cool to hear him mention the women's basketball game, and we'll get back to goalish here in a second. But did you realize now that same day, and we'll be on the air from West Palm at Kaiser University, the Bulls are playing Baylor. That will complete a stretch of five games where three of them are against top 10 teams. We told you it was probably going to happen a couple weeks back when NC State, Texas, and Baylor all were ranked between 10 and 15. Well, don't look now. Texas, who the Bulls played a couple Saturdays back in the Virgin Islands, is now ranked fifth. NC State, who comes to the Yingling Center next Saturday. And by the way, from what I understand, that's part of a cool ticket package that we'll tell you more about next week. Tickets aren't exactly humming along for that one, so... Just put it on your radar that the number three team in the country is coming to Tampa December the 16th. That's NC State. And then Baylor, the team the Bulls will be playing on the same day as the bowl game, is now ranked in the top 10 at number 10. All of the above teams are undefeated. Back to Coach Golish on his approach to bowl games. I thought this was very interesting. I think bowl games are are certainly a reward uh, for a season. Um, we're, we're in a point in our program where it's, it's the bare minimum foundation of, of what we are that we're still playing in December. Um, I told the guys, man, I'm going to make it as much fun as imaginably possible. We're, we're going to enjoy being together. We're going to enjoy doing things together. We're going to have fun. I said, when it's time to work, it's time to work. I think every bowl game I've ever been a part of there's there's always been a team that's there to win the game and there's always a team that's there just to be there and i said at the end of the day we're playing for win seven we're playing for the start of next year we're playing to go win a football game and and any any man that's put puts a pair of pants on and a helmet like you better be ready to roll because whoever we're playing is going to be ready to go punch you in the face so i want to have fun i told him we're going to have a blast but when it's time to work it's time to work and most of these guys have not been to a bowl game, so it's going to be us guiding the way. Um, but it's been that way since we got here, and they've been awesome in terms of buying into what we're what we're setting as the standard. And I think they'll continue to be that way. Um, and we'll have a blast, but we're going to be ready to go play. Something tells me that the Bulls will not be the team that's just happy to be there, even though they're definitely not unhappy. Syracuse is its own interesting situation that we'll get more into They have an interim head coach, Fran Brown, who's going to be staying with Georgia to coach the defensive backs. And again, more on the opponent as we get closer to the game itself. And hopefully you know this already, but on our podcast page, and we did it on Monday morning, we did post all of that Alex Golish Zoom call with the media, which I thought also contained some pretty interesting things, including his thoughts on, oh yeah, National Signing Day being the day before. But it sounds like he's got a handle on all of it. So we could not make it to Queens, New York, because the team left on a plane before, well, our basketball game was done on Thursday, but we were watching, and on Friday we told you that good chance they would beat Buffalo. The Buffalo Bulls had never won a postseason match before, and sure enough, the Bulls swept them. Saturday was not nearly as simple. In fact, it really did look like the Bulls' season was coming to an end. 
great video they put out yesterday on their social media at USF Volleyball, interspersed with the calls of the St. John's-based announcers. This is when the Bulls lost the first two sets, won the third set pretty easily, 25-19. Looked like they were going to win the fourth set pretty easily, but next thing you knew, they were down to the last point of their season. They actually led 19-15 in the fourth set, but found themselves down 24-23. St. John's committed a service error. Bulls responded with their own service error to again be down a second season point, match point. Then a really crafty tip shot by Tizzy Pulleys tied it at 25. Two kills by Maria Andrade won that set 27-25, and Andrade had a career day. Bulls actually would make it an extended 6-0 run by winning the first three points of the fifth set, but they again would fall behind. Regained the lead by two points. They were up 13-11. They were up 14-12. Match point error. St. John scores a point to tie it, and here we are, 14-all in the fifth and final set before the Bulls got a kill from Busse Hazan and a St. John shot sails long. And the Bulls' incredible season continues. Mention Andrade had a career day, 28 kills. Caroline Dykes, 60 assists. This team is just phenomenal. They're 21-11. and 11. So they advance to the quarterfinals here. Are the eight teams left? Actually, all the other quarterfinals are on Wednesday night, and they're calling it the Great Eight, which I'm a fan of. Wichita State, which eliminated rival and, of course, conference team Tulsa in the second round, is getting to be at home against Drake. Drake, by the way, is a team that swept the Bulls and has swept its first two NIVC opponents. They're good. Drake beat Chicago State and DePaul. That's on the left side of the bracket, where Montana State is at Wyoming. Both of those teams had to win on their opponent's home floor in the second round. On the Bulls' side of the bracket, the other great eight matchup is Clemson at UTEP. Clemson is the only P5 school that entered this event. And from what I understand, if you're a Bulls fan, you can't look past Georgia Southern. We're not doing that. But if you want the Bulls to be at home for the next round, you're pulling for Clemson because UTEP would probably get to host. So keep that in mind. As for the Bulls, they're at Georgia Southern, a team that has never hosted a postseason match. They had to go to Greenville. They eliminated East Carolina. We told you Wichita State is still going. The Bulls are still going. Everyone else from the American is out. East Carolina actually got swept by Georgia Southern, which was one of six teams from the Sunbelt Conference to make the postseason. They actually got four teams in the NCAA tournament. Now, none of them won, and three of them got swept by a team that turned around and got swept. So maybe the Sun Belt was a little bit overinflated, but Georgia Southern has bucked that trend as the only team still going. And one of their players, by the way, is former Bull Allie Barnhart. She is leading them in blocks. It should be a wild environment again. We'll be there on the air bringing it to you, and we'll give you much more on Georgia Southern. We'll go on the air a little bit before 6 o'clock to get you fully set up for that one. Said we had a men's soccer note. Ajmer Spengler was named to the United Soccer Coaches All-East Region team. That does not surprise me. He was just outstanding. Not just the stats, but all that he does. He's going to be a future pro, I have a feeling. And Aveline Lucha-Shipholt from women's basketball rightly was on the AAC Weekly Honors for her big double-double performance in the win last week against Charleston Southern. The women are back at home on Sunday afternoon. We'll speak about that on 
Friday's Bulls beat, along with looking ahead to the men's basketball game in Sunrise against Florida State, which is this Saturday. And while we're tossing out some programming notes, Bullseye takes this week off. There'll be a bowl preview edition next Thursday. So we'll talk to you guys from Statesboro tomorrow. It's also where we'll be emanating Friday's Bulls beat from. Thanks for listening to this kind of momentous Wednesday version. I'm Derek Sharp.